Hi, my name is Elena Dacus, and I'm a host of Bossy Hills podcast. I'm a CEO, a business owner, and a corporate executive. For the last 15 years, I have bought and sold multiple companies worth up to 10 billion US dollars. I'm a wife, a daughter, and a mother of two crazy boys aged four and six. Join me here every week for the journey of personal development, self-discovery, and growth. I will be exploring new productivity hacks, time management tools, and business success strategies. I am obsessed with practical steps you can implement immediately to squeeze all the juice out of life and to become the best version of yourself, your authentic self. I know being a business owner can be a lonely experience, and that's why I love this loving and supportive community of like-minded women who support and cheer for each other. Hi, in today's episode, I wanted to talk about how to change your limiting beliefs, how to get rid of those paralyzing fears that block in your success, how to change that imposter syndrome, the lack of confidence, that not enoughness. So many of the clients that I speak to, my friends, have the same common theme of this type of issues that so many of us struggle with. And I've certainly had a share of struggles, especially in my 20s. And I have learned a number of tools and have been a student of neuroscience for so long that I wanted to share with you some of the key tools that will help you change your limiting beliefs, reduce those fears, and really redesign and reprogram your subconscious mind to make sure that you have a better life. So I think number one issue that so many women struggle with is this desire and the need to please other people. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I see so many girls, and I was certainly one of them. I was one of those straight A students for whom the approval of the teacher, the approval of parents was so important. And I really, from a very young age, associated success and achievement to the feeling of being loved. And I see this even with some of my, um, with my son's um, class, for example, they have a number of girls in there and you can see it already at such a young age, at the age of six or five, where the girls are so eager to please. They're so eager to show their best work with this motivation of please the teacher, get the top grade. And it's a it's fine and can work in our benefit at workplace and for, for certainly for during your student years. But it can be a crippling barrier to your success, especially if you're a CEO, if you're a business owner, when you have to make tough decisions that are not going to be liked by others, but you know it's the right thing to do. So that that is something to be aware of and something to certainly work on if you want to take your business and yourself to the next level of success. And another thing is this underlying anxiety. I can share you a story. When I was in my 20s, I was so unaware of my feelings because it's not something my my parents ever talked to me about and it wasn't a discussion point in our household to talk about your feelings and how you feel. I grew up in Russia in a quite um 
quite a stern society. And in my family in particular, it was not really focus of the conversations. So really when I entered workplace and I remember I was having a leadership coaching from a a mentor um, in my early 20s and she asked me a question. So Elena, how do you feel about after this big presentation, after this meeting, what, what, how, how you feel about this? And I didn't know what to say because I didn't know what my feelings were. It's just not something I was aware of. So at the time, because of that lack of awareness and understanding of my inner world, and really kind of living on this autopilot, there was a lot of anxiety in my 20s. I didn't know I can separate myself from a thought. And it's actually the work of Elkhart Tolle, if you're aware of his book, that has been transformational for me. I remember reading it um, after that meeting and because it's one of the books she really recommended, that leadership coach. What Elkhart describes in such a beautiful detail is that we are the only species that can separate the thought that's happening in our brain. We are the only species that are aware that we are thinking. A cat doesn't know the cat is thinking. We can do that because for us, for humans, we are the awareness of the thought. We're not the thought. We're not the feeling. So it's that disattachment to the feeling itself. And you can control what you think about. You can control therefore that feeling. I mean, it's so interesting. If you look at the neuroscience and neurochemistry that happens in our body, even on a physical level, uh, the heart and liver doesn't know it's daylight, for example. The reason why it knows it's a daylight and it needs to function differently is because the eyes see the light, sense the, the neurons in your brain, then then trigger a chemical reaction in your body that raises cortisol re- levels, that you feel alive, you feel awake that then triggers a number of other chemical reactions in your body that allows your heart to beat faster, for your stomach to start working, for your liver to start being awake. And if you think about that, chain reaction is highly subjective. We can, You and me can be in the same environment. For example, you, we can hear the baby crying in the background. And I will hear it as a cry of joy and happiness because of my interpretation of that sound. And I will have oxytocin flowing through my body. I will feel happy, exhilarated, joyful. And you will experience this event as, oh my word, oh my word, the baby is distressed. Something bad must be happening to it. And you will experience the adrenaline kicking into your bloodstream, the cortisol rising, your heartbeat is beating faster. And you will have a completely different state and reaction to that event. So the same event causes a completely different interpretation by your mind of it that triggers the chemical reaction and therefore the change of state in us. And of course, Tony Robbins talks so eloquently eloquently around this idea how the state, our physical state controls our feelings and thoughts and how we act. So even if by jumping, now if you were to just go and stand up and jump and raise your hands, you will feel happier, you will feel better because of the way your physical body feels. And of course, another thing that's so important is visualization. So it's not just the thoughts that we think, but also if we are careful to notice, we also will have images attached to those thoughts and those words that we use. 
If I tell you think of a beautiful woman, you will have a picture in your mind. Think of a beautiful man, you will have a picture in your mind. Because we are, especially if you're a highly visual person, you will have those images imprinted in your brain. And being aware of those images is so important because certainly if I tell, if you are someone who characterizes yourself as being afraid of public speaking, or if you had certain events that happened to you in the past where you had a bad experience of that, if I ask you now, I want you to present at this amazing conference, you, your mind will take you to that event that happened in the past to protect you. And you will have those fears of anxiety, fears of, um, of nervousness that will come into your body and you might say no to to my uh, to my request where actually if you were to reframe that and really change some of the number of beliefs that currently exist in your mind you can have completely different experience around it i tell you a little story again when i was in my 20s i moved um, to a new city for the brand new job. I didn't know anyone there. I've rented this apartment all by myself. And I remember driving on the motorway. It was a very hot day um, in England. And um, I was driving in the car and there was a traffic jam. Uh, the car was overheating and I found myself feeling more nervous, more anxious and anxious to the point where I got to the state of a panic attack. And really the same event, if I was aware of my thoughts on what was happening inside of me, you could be thinking in the same event can trigger a thoughts about a holiday in the sun where you're laying outside in the sunshine, enjoy, enjoying the music on the background somewhere in Ibiza. You're, you're really, you're thinking about that. You have the feeling of oxytocin flowing in your body and feeling happy, joyful and relaxed. The same car journey, the same event will trigger different thoughts, different images in your mind that you're thinking about. Then then they will trigger the chemical reaction in your body. Then then will change the way you feel in your state. So the worst car journey can turn in the best car journey. So becoming aware of those images, I always think about as an example, when you drive into a busy car park and how many of us will think, oh my goodness, it's going to be full. I will not find a car park space. Instead of thinking, I'm going to find the most incredible car park space that just perfectly right for me here. Because the truth is there's 50-50% chance of something bad or something good happening. But as a human psyche and a human nature so always focuses on the bad thing because this is where we are wired because the mind wants to protect us from danger but you can choose to focus on a 50% likelihood of something amazing going to happen I was speaking to one of my clients who's having a, a, a huge big launch for her business coming soon and she was telling me you know the fears that's happening at, the t at that point is what if it's going to it's going to flop or it's going to fail what if no one wants to buy this product she can't be focusing at the same time, on the other 50%, what if, with the same 50% chance, this might be the best launch of your career? It's just what you choose to focus on, how you will feel and how you will act and how you will operate. The, the thoughts that we think, the words we say to, each, to ourselves, and the images we think will trigger how we feel and how we act and will change our course of our life. 
And also the, the words we say to ourselves is that in a monologue, I don't know if you ever notice yourself, I had this the other day, I had an incredibly busy day, back-to-back meetings, difficult meetings, difficult negotiation meetings, and then uh, the kids were in a bad mood, everything was going terribly wrong. And I noticed myself saying, I feel so tired, I feel so stressed, this is so bad. And the words that were so dramatic that therefore caused me to even feel worse. And that inner words are always the big words. This is the worst day of my life. I feel terrible. This is horrendous. And if you just change those words, the choice of words will make a big difference. Well, this was difficult. This was, a, this was not easy to handle back-to-back meetings. Well, I'm a little bit annoyed will change the chemistry of your brain, the signals that you give to your brain, and you will have a better experience. So just being aware of that monologue that you can then course correct it and change it is so powerful. And really changing it to exciting, powerful words when they are positive. This is going to be a tremendous, phenomenal day. Having that beautiful inner monologue with yourself is so powerful. And journaling really helps with that. Journaling is such a powerful tool. I wish more people would talk about this. And actually, it's something that I teach my boys, actually. And I think it's such an incredible parenting technique uh, for children any age to just be introduced to journaling. This idea of putting your thoughts, your inner monologue down on paper. So you can see it a little bit detached from it. You can see it a little bit more objectively. You, you could just be a little bit step, one step removed from it. And then you see things so much more clear. And it will also help you answer so many questions in your life about your purpose, the issues, the questions, the right moves. The power of journaling, the power of the inner monologue is so powerful. Because the truth is, all the answers are within you. It's just that ability to access them and tap into them that's so key. So another tool, of course, is hypnotherapy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I first discovered it when I was pregnant with my first son. And as a new young mom, it was certainly a very anxiety-driven experience. I was so, I felt such a responsibility on my shoulders of carrying this little human being inside of my body and being so responsible for, for him. I remember worrying so much about the food am I eating? Am I eating the right stuff? Am I getting the right nutrition? Am I getting enough sunlight? Am I exercising the right way? Am I exercising too much? Am I exercising too little? So for moms out there, uh, I'm sure you can relate to that. But it was also a very anxiety-driven time that I didn't necessarily have the tools at the time to cope with it. And I remember taking a course in hypnobirthing. And that really introduced me to this concept that you can enter a state of relaxation, so some techniques, some powerful exercises, and then in a power in a relaxed state, you can be highly subject suggestible. And this can be incredibly useful if you have limiting beliefs. Because what is a limiting belief? Someone at some point in your life, perhaps when you were a child, told you that you were not good enough or that you are fat, or you're not smart enough, or you can't do this, or you can't achieve that level of success. Someone told you this, and you believed it. And you have imprinted that idea in your mind, which then becomes a limiting belief. The same child in your situation could be told or get a belief that he's unstoppable, that he's the best thing on this planet Earth, and he will be incredibly successful. And that's the belief that she or he will be living with. And that's the belief that you want. 
And in order to get that belief now, you can absolutely do that through such a powerful t- techniques like hypnobirthing that will effectively erase the limiting belief, replace it with something a lot more powerful, a lot more transformative for your life. So this is what happens because the reality, our mind is probably 10% conscious brain and then 90% subconscious brain. But majority of our actions and really un- our actions and our life choices are driven by subconscious mind. So it's having those tools that you can tap into to really affect and change your subconscious mind in a way that will benefit you and your purpose. So highly recommend hypnotherapy. I love the work of Marisa Pia, her rapid transformational techniques. Or oh, there's many tools around it. There's even self-hypnosis that you can practice on yourself. So really imprint, imprint powerful beliefs in your mind. And there's also the work of uh, really working on the resistance within you. So if you're familiar with mind architect Peter Krohn, I love his work. Is this idea that... We're so unkind to ourselves. We are much more unkind and self-destructing to ourselves than we are towards others. And it's so true for our achievers. And I see it again and again in high-performing people that actually underneath their achievement, underneath the drive, there is a lack of self-love. And that is something to tackle because... You absolutely have a growth mindset. You absolutely can grow and get better. There is no limit to your progress. By new experiences, new tools, new techniques you learn, new books you read, you will be a better person. You will develop new new neurons in your brain, new connections that will expand you. But you are also perfect as you are right now. So really having that practice of where you offer self-love first and foremost to yourself is so powerful because if you're kind and loving to yourself, then you can be so much more kind and loving to others. I do this meditation sometimes in the morning where in the meditation process, I just offer unconditional self-love to myself and the people that I love or beginning to love and everyone around me who I work with. And just rinsing yourself in that unconditional love through the meditation could be so powerful. And if you're a religious person, if you believe in spirituality, God, it could be anything. This is the ultimate state. And they always talk about the high vibrations. What for me the high vibrations are is that tapping into that space of great of gratefulness, of love, unconditional love, because the world will reflect to you what you are. And if you really get this, what that means is the world will mirror what you are inside. So if you have a lot of hatred, if you have a lot of negative words to yourself and others, the world will show that to you and will reflect that. So it's really working on this state and understanding what you already have, how great you are as you are right now, what you have rather than what you don't have and being grateful for it. And then offering that unconditional love first and foremost to yourself to heal yourself first. And that will allow you to be more loving and more impactful to your customers, your business, your work colleagues and your teams. So important. And really, it all also then comes down to this idea of power of identity. Because the words you say to yourself, the images you put in your brain, the the beliefs that you have about yourself are so powerful. 
It's the words you say to them, I am, I am this, I'm that. Your mind will then find that proof to those statements, to those beliefs, and it will find evidence to it. I'm sure you've experienced this in your life where you have perhaps a work colleague or someone you've seen that then they may, you overhear them making a negative comment about someone and um, you think, oh my word, he's uneducated, unpolite, inconsiderate. So you already made an opinion about that individual. That's why we so, we like so much people putting in boxes because it gives us a sense of certainty. And then what happens is days go by and you f- immediately start finding evidence to prove that opinion which is what's called the bias. You will prove that opinion that he's unpolite. You suddenly notice how he's wearing his shoes, how he speaks to other people, how he betrays himself on the phone. Your mind will find evidence to prove your belief because that's what our mind does. Because our mind wants certainty. It's our primal need. So when you say to yourself, I'm fat, I'm unworthy, I cannot do this, I'm not born to be a billionaire, The mind will find evidence in your environment and your experience of life to prove that to you. So if you instead replace it with things like, I am someone who never misses a workout, I'm extremely disciplined and I'm born to do this, the mind will do the same thing. It will find evidence in your life and your environment to prove that. And really through the meditation and affirmation process, you can reprogram your mind and and then the life will reveal yourself to the evidence of that, that it's true. So I hope you found this useful. Let me know what you think of it and what your experience have been with some of these tools. I'd love to hear from you. On Connect with us on bossyheels.com, on Bossy Hills Podcast, on Instagram, LinkedIn or Facebook. DM me. I would love to hear about your experiences and how, what worked for you and what, what, tools, did, what tools did you find useful? Let me know. 